so you were talking about earlier, um, what were you talking about earlier? A lot of things. I don't know. <laughs> you got to pinpoint it for me. <laughs> we were talking about movies. We were? Uh, weren't we? I thought we were. I thought we were talking about, like, that your friend was talking about or that you and your friend were creating. Oh, no, no, no. We were uh, podcasting or, you know, my friend, he started recording another friend getting arrested at Venice Beach. That's right. You saw. I thought this yes, was. Yes, Because w- when you first told me this, that you watched your friend get arrested, I was like, oh, this is like straight from a movie. That's why I was like, oh, we were talking about movies. My <laughs> life is a movie, I guess. <laughs> so you were talking. So you. Yeah. Pulled up and saw your guy get arrested. So this is what happened at the time. Me and my friend Emilio, we were um, in the podcasting. Yeah, he hates that. <laughs> he, he really does. Of course, he does. He threatened to sock people in the face <laughs> for saying that several times. Right, um, right. Shout out to Emilio Emo FD. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Um, Big but, ups. Uh, yeah, he's uh, a good friend of mine. We used to do this podcast for a while. Um, it's like been on hiatus. Called Hedrick the podcast. And um, one day we went to Venice Beach on a Sunday for the drum circle, just with other friends. Right. And um, I've been there. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. If you're in Southern California, do it. Uh, but we went, and as we walked onto the boardwalk, the first thing we see is two officers arresting our friend. And can you presume what it was for? or? Well, be- thankfully, our other friend, Gabi, was there and told us what happened to our other friend, Stephen the Martyr. Mm. These guys are uh, rappers, and they perform <laughs> at the OC Observatory all the time. Awesome. And they perform with a lot of big artists all over. Yeah. Um, That's a cool venue. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, they perform there with, like, almost every member of the Wu-Tang Clan. It's, like, right? pretty cool. They're, <laughs> the RZA, the JZA, Yeah, ODB. but separately, not together. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll, re- they'll reunite the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with! But when we... But, do um, our own album, we're still in the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they all shout out the Wu, even though they're, uh, <laughs> right. they're doing their own solo thing. <laughs> who wouldn't? Yeah. Who, who wouldn't want to be part of the Wu-Tang? I know. That's like... Did you ever put your name epic. in the uh, Wu-Tang name generator? No, no. That was not a, <laughs> one of the generators I put my name into. I would be curious to see what it was. I would. I mean, I haven't done it, but, you know, it's always curious after you hear like you know how childish gambino got his name and you're like oh okay i'll that would be cool i wouldn't white dirty bastard (laughs) how did childish gambino get his name through that generator really yeah he put donald glover into the name generator and it put in childish gambino and he's like okay that's my rap name yeah that's that's awesome it's very new yorkish and then they did this thing on npr or i forget what show but they were talking about like what name generator was actually the originator because there's like two Wu Tang Clan generators. The first one I think I remember was a, like a lucha name generator, where hmm. maybe like a lucha wrestling name, and it was like El Stinky Pants or you know something goofy <laughs> like that. Well, this one was like they were there were two different Wu Tang Clan name generators, and they were both trying to like say, "Oh, we were the uh, one that came up with Childish Gambino." Okay, and trying when, to take credit. Yeah, trying to take credit because then after the fact, if you went back to the websites, both would put in that name if you put in Donald Glover, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. How's that happen? Like with two different algorithms or whatever. But of course, like I understand why you want to claim fame to it. It'll drive more people to your site. <laughs> hey guys, the internet here. If you were wondering, and I'm sure you were, Daryl's Wu-Tang Clan name would be Mad Lover. And Nate's would be insane commander. Or yeah, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, I didn't even know those things are still popular. 
I thought that was yeah. like a fad in like 2007 that went away. Oh, yeah, right. Like, or you always see those things on Facebook where here's your Game of Thrones name. You take your first letter of your last name and your first letter of your cat's name. <laughs> and that's what. And then you have a, a name because it's based off of this like crazy list that's like, you know, if N is dragon and. It's just these people K wanting is... to like be in this world so bad that they'll, uh, they'll uh, accept a fake name. It's just anything that can drive views to your site you know how do yeah, it's like every tv show has like a mobile app of, or a game of some kind mm-hmm. just... how do you create a meme you know i hate memes I do you feel like them. you could be the creator of anything on the internet and say legitimately i was the creator of this people will always be like yeah right yeah Bullshit. the internet is just like there's it's very hard to to copyright your stuff and like to you know plagiarism on the internet happens like every day all day have you ever had somebody steal a joke of yours um yes but not like steal a joke maybe like i don't want to accuse anybody of anything but maybe subconsciously they took um a premise that like i said one night or maybe a couple times it's and, one thing to yeah both come but, up with like who you know finds and I it can't, funny I can't about necessarily beer. recall the incident but there's been like there's been one or two moments where i've been like hey i wonder if they got that from what i said hmm. you know because we run into each other a lot at these open mics you know the same groups of guys and gals i've thought that same thing because i've had a moment where I won't name his name, but he's been on this podcast. <laughs> You're going to have to figure it out for yourself, listeners. Yep. But he and I both had a similar premise where we were dressing up our dick for better dick pics. You know, his premise was he actually dressed up his dick with little outfits and whatnot for his dick pics. My premise was I wish there was filters on Snapchat that would add in. You yeah, know, I've, heard, little... I've heard you do that. Bit. Right. Um, so when I heard him saying this, you know, that he dressed it up and all that, I was in the back going, motherfucker! Like, is this a stolen bit? But then I talked to another comic, and he's like, no, it's he's dressing it up. You're Snapchat. Like, there's two different things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and, and especially, and like... I, and I'm not calling him out, and I'm not saying this is a huge thing that must be mine, and blah, blah, blah. And no, No, yeah. it's... I haven't even really used it. I get where you're it, coming from, but... But there's... it is... I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I... I get what you're saying because there's totally like this uh curiosity sometimes when you hear something that's similar or whatnot but then like if i think about most of the premises that i have uh they're not that deep so right if for other people to touch on them i can't really get offended nobody could talk about dick pics yeah it's like <laughs> that's my premise that market, like. <laughs>
Hello and welcome to This Comics Life. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude Holding Some Doobies. Yeah. And uh, hanging out with a really cool friend of mine and also fellow stand-up comedian, Nate Hendricks. Hey, thank you, Daryl. <laughs> Do you like it's, it's being It's Hedrick, called- by the way. But- yeah, I was going to say, is it plural or is it not? I yeah, no, no, no S at the end. I've heard it with a, a S all the time. Yeah, most of the time, if I'm going on stage, I don't correct people because mm. you know I got other things on my mind. That is the one thing I love to talk about when I introduce people. And sometimes is, I really don't hear what the fuck they yeah. said. And I'm like, close enough. <laughs> Do you ever have anybody call you Nathaniel? Uh, not too often. Not a big fan of that though, because that's not really. Yeah, not my name. <laughs> Nathan's on the birth certificate. Nathan, so Nate or Nathan is perfectly fine. Nathaniel's a little overboard. So that's crazy how there's like two shortened versions of Nathaniel. It's like Nathan and Nate. Yeah. But I think Nathan's more of its own name. Its own name. Yeah. It's not part of Nathaniel. Yeah. Yeah. I doubt it. No, nah, I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure it's just, you know. <laughs> and you were always wanting to be just Nate Hendrick from the very beginning. There's no N in, it, in the Hendrick either. It's Hedrick. 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 I'm retarded. Yeah. It's okay. It's a confusing <laughs> name. Um, uh, <laughs> this is awkward. No, it's okay. Uh, it's just, I don't have a preference. It's whatever. Sometimes I'll sign up accidentally as like Nathan Hedrick. I try to sign up as Nate Hedrick because it has like kind of, like, I don't know, it's a better ring to it to my right. ear. No, it's, I hear you. You know, less syllables is always better when it comes to announcing open micers because we really don't de- deserve that many syllables. <laughs> <laughs> so the less the better <laughs> so you never thought of a stage name it was always your real name from the get-go yeah and most of my friends and family just call me nate so and not nate dog that yeah that was the first nickname i ever had right before fat ass <laughs> <laughs> hey fat ass why don't you come over here what your name is nate dog <laughs> okay i guess i'll call you that instead yeah <laughs> thankfully i had nate dog nate dog and warren g had to regulate I had Big D from the start. Big D. And yeah. <laughs> I was always like, really? I'm the fat guy? I never felt like I was. I could constitute Big D. But then, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm Big D. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it depends who you're hanging around. Right. If I was definitely bigger than everybody else that was yeah, like, hanging around with. If you were hanging around, you know, linemen for the fucking USC, you probably wouldn't be called Big D. No. You'd probably be Baby D. Yep. <laughs> Tiny D. Yeah. Little D. Hey, Little D. That's Little D. Little D Williams. I like that. I like that better yeah. than Biggie D Williams. Yeah. Or then it can be ironic, too, you know, where they have right. a big guy called Tiny. Yes. Yes. Tiny Zeus Lester. But I'm 5'9, so I don't really feel like I'm that, like, big. Yeah, I'm fat. I'm 5'9", too, but I like <laughs> I I'm, I have, like, really broad shoulders, and I'm mm. overweight, and I've always, like, had, like, a large stature. I'm rotund. I'm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always been uh, pretty hefty, you know, shopping mm. in the husky section since I was a little boy. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I forget who I was talking to, but I remember talking to on the podcast about getting Christmas and birthday presents in the wrong size oh. from like family members. You know, yeah. they sent you the large shirt and you're like, I'm an extra large, but you don't want to tell them you're an extra large. You just want to, you know, just, silently yeah, return you it and take it back shame. to the store and hopefully <laughs> yeah. you can get the same one and that's just a size bigger. 
But in the other way, it fucks you over too. Where you know, if they gave you the extra large, but you're just a large, you'd be like, "What the fuck? You think I'm fat? What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Fam- why gift families, cards come into play. Yeah, family was the worst at buying clothes for. Be like, they don't see you only once a year, yep. and then they fucking. Well, last year you were so much bigger. Like, yeah, I, I had cancer, Grandma. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> um, yeah. I was definitely thinking to myself because i've had those moments where like family members have sent me um you know shirts that don't fit and i hate to tell them that i like returned it because of that reason but i do want to tell them at some point like hey stop buying me the large <laughs> yeah yeah at some point like give my heads up it means like i don't want to go to the store anymore just make it a big <laughs> point at thanksgiving like you know grandma i've been wearing all these uh extra large shirts and they feel great hey grandma extra large, you might want to write that down <laughs> what is the worst gift you ever got like for a birthday or a christmas oh man i've gotten some terrible terrible gifts <laughs> we're like after a while you just don't even get disappointed anymore you just expect terrible gifts right so from like, certain people for me usually um i like a good gift for me is socks and underwear i'm a Big fan of socks and underwear oh, for yeah. Christmas. Especially at this age. I don't care about age. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> even since I was younger, though, it's just like, okay, just please let the socks and underwear be good. Everything else can suck. I can't tell you the worst gift I got. I can tell you the best gift I ever got. All right. The best gift was a PlayStation. Yeah, the, the first one. first PlayStation. But, I, you know, I didn't get one until, like, you know, everybody had one. Yeah. And, like, two years later, the PlayStation 2 came out. But, you know, it was a fun two years, and I was really excited. But, uh, yeah, it was a good PlayStation, man. I, that was the only gaming system I, I kind of like. That was the last gaming system I uh, spent any time with. Really? Since then, I just use it for, like, Netflix or WWE Network. Like, right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't play any video games. I'm terrible at them. Really? Yeah, I suck at video games. I can play <laughs> FIFA. I can get down on some FIFA. Like, I can hold my own. But video games now, you don't have to be good. You know, you're going to finish the game no matter what. Really? And you just put it on easy or... No, like, it's not even enjoyable for me. Like, mm. I could watch uh, s- people play some games, like Grand Theft Auto. Like, right. I could watch my friends play that and I'll be entertained. Right. You're, uh, like, watching it like a TV show. Yeah, in essence. But uh, they're all... I would play a little bit back in the day, like, but... But even I the suck. classic systems, like Nintendo and... No, I could play those. SNES? Yeah, I could play stuff like that. Yeah. But like these, like Call of Duty and these right. crazy fucking games, I can't keep up. I I will say I like terrible. playing those games, but I'm not good at them. <laughs> uh, I definitely am the one dude that's like jumping in the corner trying to get over like a piece of grass. I'm the guy shooting up. Yes. Like, yeah. Just crouching circles. and just doing circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm really bad, and it's not enjoyable at right, all. Right. Right. You're like, this is not fun. I'd rather, you know, do something else in my right, time. Right. And what's even worse now is that like. You know, whoever you're playing is, like, you know, a 15-year-old girl or a 10-year-old boy. Mm. Yeah, and they're whooping your ass from the other side of the country. Right. <laughs> Some little hillbilly kid who don't even got teeth, drinking mm-hmm, pop, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talking shit. Yeah, I, I I miss those days. Man. Yeah. Like, games are a little simpler. Like, you know, my friends used to play, like, Smash Brothers or whatever on sure. N64 and, you know, stay up all night doing that. I had a girlfriend give me a PlayStation 1 for Christmas, and I felt so bad. Like, you gave me this, and I gave you a $10 gift card to Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that. How old were you guys? Like 20, 
21 maybe yeah and that was nice of her yeah she was in a spot where she was at a good job she was doing good for herself i was still at that like shitty you know working paycheck to paycheck barely like doing yeah. anything with my life and she was just wanting to do something nice for me yeah she and, was in the position to do so and yeah and i totally felt like a dipshit for not doing the same and i literally told her to return it I was so, like, ashamed, like, you're going to give me this, and I have nothing to do. Did she return it? She returned it. But it definitely did not help the relationship. I was going to say, man, you guys should have kept it and played it together because you probably got it for both of you. In retrospect, I was a dumbass. Yeah, But I was so, like, weirded out, like. Your pride, your manlyhood was offended. I felt so. She's showing her money off in front of me. (laughs) Nah. It Take was it the back. Biggest, I like, I am not a man right now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you fucked up. You should have. I did. That's okay, though. Live and learn. You, In retrospect, you're like, seems like you've came a long way. You yeah. understand what has happened. I agree. And I do have an Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. My latest girlfriend Who's the gave boss me now? that. Yeah. Or not the 360, go. the one. There you Xbox go. One. Even so, better. see? And I didn't have her return it. And you learned. I learned. Right. If a girlfriend gives you a gaming system, do not return it. Yeah, and I'm sure she was probably even grateful for your ten dollar gift card. It's true. Cause she, she, she didn't ask you to return that, right. did she? And it, I was giving her the D dick, so there you go. She didn't tell me to Give return her that. the big D. Yeah, no returns, <laughs> ladies. It's all you. <laughs> she was definitely satisfied with that, but that's the thing. I don't know what it was. I'm a, just an effed, effed up person, or I just am a psycho, or whatever. But it's like I didn't know how to handle a gift. From somebody that was like, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you uh, you messed up on that one. I did. You done fucked up now. When I was twenty something years old, early twenties and like late teens, I was making a dumbass of myself in front of girls who probably you know were super sweet that I could have kept around, but you know, like fucked as up. friends or just both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just or either or. You know, even had a girlfriend for a while, but you know, I just. Is it just you? Oh yeah, there's so many naive to mm-hmm. whatever it is they were doing. You know, tons of shit. But Who couldn't look back and went, "If I played that differently, if yeah. I just did that, or there's just, just one where thing you just, you do some jerk head shit when you're like, you just have too much testosterone, and if you're not getting laid at that very moment, you're gonna release it and like just attitude, right? And sometimes it's reflected on the wrong people, and they're like, you know, they'll just hate you forever. I've had those moments where I've thought, like, I'm going to do this, and then I jerk off and then go, why was I even thinking about doing that? It's the Uh fact – and it's not even, like, sexual related. It's, like, not even, like, relationship-based or whatever. It's like, oh, I was almost going to bungee jump, and then I jerk off, and it's like, why would I bungee jump? That's stupid. (laughs) Bungee jumping and skydiving are my two big (laughs) no-nos. Yeah, but no matter what I do, it's like after I jerk off, it's like, why would I want to do that? That's dumb. (laughs) Yeah, you ever, like, think about, like, I don't know, this is a single guy problem, but, like, single guys probably, like, you know, you have a girl that you, like, you go to every now and then, but you really don't like to, you don't, right. you're, you know, you're kind of ashamed of her, yeah, your moped, and then, you know, you, but you're just like, Ugh. and then you beat one off, and you're like, oh my god, I can't think, of, I can't believe I was almost going to call her, yeah, like, I was, or I was just mm-hmm. texting her, mm-hmm. like, damn, mm-hmm. fuck, I'm glad I just let that one out, yep. now I can ignore her for another nine months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking, are women the same way? You know, oh, yeah. are women? Yeah, absolutely. I know it. I, I not all women. Are they talking to a dude and then they no, just like they just click like, the mouse and then they're like, exactly. "What the fuck was There's, I doing?" 
Yeah, like I'm sure there's times where, like a girl's worked herself up talking to a guy mm-hmm. and then taking care of business herself, and you know what? Then she doesn't need the guy. Right. The guy thought he was going to come over get some action. Negative. He's going to have to <laughs> fucking rub one out now. He was like fucking. Yeah, and isn't that like the it's the true game. sign of how social we are as humans? Is that even though we can jerk off or diddle ourselves, we would still want to do it with someone else. Yeah, you know. You know why? Risk. 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 Like the game. Risk. The game of global domination. Life. The game of life for Milton Bradley. <laughs> life. No, just putting your winky inside of a girl. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if like fucking just you don't know the uncertainty. You went out. You took a chance. You you might get her pregnant. You don't. You know. There's just different variables in it when than from jacking off. Right. Is jacking off too safe? Right. It's way too safe. Unless you're doing it in public, but nobody wants that. And even though it gets you off, it doesn't feel the same. Oh, definitely not. Like uh, it's. I've had some good spank bank sessions, <laughs> but nothing in this world beats a good blowjob. Like no shit. But hands down, like, I'm sorry, ladies, if you're not performing oral sex to the best of your abilities, right. then I'm not going to be, like, courting you for long. It's just my thing. Like, <laughs> like so you just got to try. You can right. be bad at it, but you got to, like, and have fun with it and enjoy it. And maybe not like, take it to completion, but just get the motor running. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But nothing, like, I just think blowjobs are the best given by the right girl. I agree. Um, sex is amazing, but it's, <laughs> That's going to be a like, sound bite. If I had to pick, if I had to pick, like, if somebody was like, all right, you could you could have vaginal sex for the rest of your life, unlimited, right. or unlimited blowjobs. I'm taking the blowjobs. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you on that sense. I've had some pretty bomb-ass blowjobs. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't had some bomb-ass uh, veg time either. Yeah, they're both good. It's like pizza. Like, can't go wrong. Well, I don't know. I try not to... To, uh, think about it too much, but I, you know, subconsciously, subconsciously, people can definitely um, go in and uh, start doing other people's styles or other people's stuff without even knowing it, and they're not intending to do it. It's just, it's what's on their mind, the pressure of people looking at you and wanting to do well. There's a couple number of things. Like when I first started out, there was one time where I was at Rebel Bite and I got, I was drinking. And out of nowhere, like, I was doing a set, and I had, like, a couple, you know, I first started out, I had, you know, a couple original jokes, and then out of nowhere, subconsciously, I just started doing, like, Andrew Dice Clay material from the 80s. <laughs> Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, eating a curds and whey. Long came a spidey, sat down beside, he said, hey, what's in the bowl, bitch? Oh! I did the same thing. One of my first times I went up, I started getting nervous, and I lost all my material, and I seriously went into a Dane Cook bit. I'm thinking about kids. I want to have, like, 19 kids. I think naming them, that's going to be fun. Whatever the names that you come up with, that's exciting right there. You get to both decide, hey, do you want to name that? No, I don't like that name. Right? It's like a little game you try to come up. I already have names picked out. I don't even know. First kid, boy, girl, I don't care. The first one that comes out, I'm naming it. And a comic called me out on it and was like, what up, Dane? And I was like, oh, that's right. 
this wasn't well good thing they called you out on it right of course like i feel the same way too like i you know if i wasn't told like uh you know i i was it was just a weird incident and from then on i made it a point to like even be more original and that actually sparked me to write more stuff Mm. and you know and when you're first starting it's hard to be original because you have all these influences right and then i believe and it's still the same voice yeah i'm still in this sense of trying to be shock you know trying to be provocative you know trying to talk about things like dick pics and (laughs) i don't know saying but those i think are when you're first starting out you know you don't go into more complex issues until later or i don't know yeah um i think some people just like you know it depends when you start out you know younger guys we just have uh immature minds maybe and maybe that's portrayed in our writing styles um like to me i write what i think is funny mm. you know so at first you know i was writing jokes about pandas and right and uh asian porn and uh mul- <laughs> mullets but it's still being politically incorrect <laughs> i like that mullet bit thank you <laughs> <laughs> i like the asian bit too <laughs> the panda bit the, all of your material is funny i i feel that you and i have a very similar humor you know, you you look at the same things and go, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I just try to generalize my humor. I try to make fun of everything. Mm. Nothing's off limits. Yeah, nothing's off limits. Like, and if there's something you can't make fun of, it's, you know, there's, of course, you know, you don't want to go into your friend's funeral and start cracking jokes on them. And, right, too soon. Yeah, you know, but... Everything, what if it was everything a, can be made fun of, right? Especially in today's society, like the world we live in is a joke. There's air that passes through your butt cheeks that makes this fucking crazy sound <laughs> that, like, you know, and the stench that comes with it. It's you know, we're just we're meant for humor. That's what separates us from animals. I think that was the first joke. Was a caveman farted, and so another caveman went <laughs> definitely or something That's, like that. Like yeah, maybe they communicated. Through farts before wow, they could yeah. verbally. There was a language through their butts. Maybe, maybe lost in translation. <laughs> well, you know, there was some cultures that did, you know. So clicking. who's to say you did that, you know, same thing with your butt? True, true. Um, <laughs> Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Right. You know, there was a lot of butt communication in that movie. Thanks to Jim Carrey. <laughs> My mom regretted taking me to that as a child. Especially the second one, too. The, yeah. When Nature Calls. Oh, the called. jungle. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I think that she, she took me to in theaters. The other one, I didn't see it until it was like out on VHS. Of course. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you think Jim Carrey still appreciates Ace Ventura? Do you think he looks back at it fondly or goes, what the fuck did I do? I'm just glad I was like, you know, young and got a paycheck. I don't think uh, Ace Ventura is like one of his worries you know of his like most embarrassing characters <laughs> he's had a lot of other he was on living color like right. doing uh adonis the bodybuilding <laughs> like queen or whatever hi i'm vera tamilo and thanks for tuning in you know before i learned how to exercise properly i was a poor excuse for a woman <laughs> what was the uh fire marshal bill fire marshal bill nice to meet you folks fire marshal bill here won't you come in don't mind if i don't Real fireman. That's right, princess. Say, I sure have a beautiful family here. Why, thank you, Fire Marshal Bill. Now, how can we help you? Well, it's National Fire Safety Week. I've been going door to door looking for fire hazards. Mind if I give your place a little inspection? Supposedly, like, he would stretch his face out and seize the muscles in his face. Crazy. That he would have to be massaged in his face for, like, hours after doing that skit. He did look pretty, like skeleton like 
yeah, he only he could make those expressions. Like that man is a genius when it comes to like physical, physical com- comedy. Yeah, he's on top of it. I feel like I need to do more of that. Not be him, but it's so tough to be at an open mic, and I feel like it's mostly the energy of the crowd. Sometimes it helps to be animated. Yeah, I feel like if I were more lively, more upbeat, more energized. The jokes might hit well. But does the material call for it? You got to have the material that suits that energy. Right. Not always. Like, with sometimes, like, I was having this conversation with a couple other guys. Like, sometimes I'll do my material very monotone and I'll just, like, you know, uh, like Mitch Hedberg esque. Right. And, like, especially when I was first starting out, that was kind of what I wanted to do was, like, just go in there and just rapid fire, just right. a bunch of one liners. And then, uh, you know, and then there was other times where I was just like, you know, these people are sleeping. If I don't come at them like a madman and show them some energy, they're going to, they're going to ignore me. Like they did the past couple of people who went up and tried to get their attention. I hate to say it, but when I notice that the entire audience is just other comedians, that's where my energy just drops. You get discouraged. Oh yeah. And that's where I just like at Arlen this last weekend, it was like just a bunch of us just hanging out. I knew everybody in that room and I was, as soon as I went on stage, I'm like, whatever. That's uh, like, I don't, nothing I'm going to say is going to make these guys go, what the fuck? Oh, shit, man. Yeah, but you just, there's a, there's a point of getting comfortable in that situation because it probably takes a while to get it comfortable with a regular audience. Mm. Now it takes a while to get comfortable with just comics. Mm. And it took me a while, too, because I remember going to uh, Plan B, open right. mic at Scallywags. Right, Amber Scalzo's. Yeah, thing. Amber Scalzo's mic. Uh, and... I, I, when we first started going, I loved it because not all the comics heard my stuff. I was funny to them, you know. Mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. you know, a couple months later, you keep going back. Right. And then it's terrible. Then you're getting these looks on you like, oh, my God, again. Right. And, you know, a lot of comics would be outside, hanging out, you know, mm. smoking cigarettes outside. And you're performing to, like, four other comics who, That's who always... are just being gracious as hell by sitting there. Yes. But then after a while, like, you know, I kind of recently tried to get over that because I'll get depressed and be like, man, this is fucking lame. I right. wasted my time coming out here. Right. But then, like, uh, like at that art gallery, mic that we were at, um, like, I could have been upset about it because those are all people who have heard every single joke that I got in my arsenal. But it was just like, all right, I'll just try to, like, goof a little bit, maybe try to riff. And yeah, then, in those moments. And then I'll try to pepper in some material so they forget that they're listening to material you know you gotta mind fuck these motherfuckers and you gotta make it enjoyable for yourself i agree i almost in those moments try to do more crowd work where i try to just have it be all right guys let's just brainstorm some ideas i got some premises you guys think this is funny no okay moving on (laughs) yeah get what you can out of it and i noticed that that mic it was a theme where suddenly it turned into everybody's got a dick joke let's hear them yeah, everybody had a dick joke and a porn joke. Yep. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. It was... And do you find that... almost every open mic, You want to do more of that where you fall into, oh, four guys talked about this, I'll be the fifth. Or do you say, no, I'll be the guy that doesn't talk it about that. It just depends on, on uh, my mindset that night. Like, if I go to a place and it's like, I'm saying this, like, if I, you know, sometimes I'll make my little set list mm-hmm. and I'll stick to it. And sometimes I'll forget uh, a bit or two. Right. Or I'll run out of time because I spent too long on this. Right. And uh, but and then other times I'll go in there and it's just like, you know, I hear somebody say something and it just lights a fire in me and I feel like I got to say something about it too. <laughs> well, sometimes you know it's funny. Yeah. And sometimes you're hoping it's funny. Yes. 
And then when you're hoping, hoping it's funny, like, yeah, I've had I've had it work out maybe a couple times, but if it's better to know it's funny. I have been in that flux so much this month where everything I've come up with has been like, I hope this is good. I think this is good. It wasn't the premise where it's like, oh, this shit. I have laughed at this for the last five times it's gone through my mind this weekend <laughs> and it's going on. And it's and I'm gonna do it. No, most of this month have has just been. I guess this would work. Maybe who knows? Let's go. <laughs> uh, man, I get a lot of that too. It's just like I feel like those things still have potential. Like even though you're hoping it's gonna be funny, just because it wasn't funny that night mm. doesn't always mean it's just permanently not funny. Sometimes it is. Yep. You know, so I think it's also, and I always try to tell myself this is it just wasn't in that in front of the right crowd. It just wasn't, you know, in front of the right people. Yeah. There's been times where there's things that I've, like, little jokes that I've grown attached to that I've had to let go because I just realized that they're only funny to me. Well, this was the first time. You know, it's not like a joke that, oh, I've said it eight times and it just hasn't hit eight times. Yeah. No, it it doesn't hit the first time and you're like, oh. Yeah, that's disheartening. I thought this was going to (laughs) hit. Yeah, that that could be a a kick in the pants. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough. What do you feel like your writing style is? Where do you feel the most inspiration coming from? Um, I don't know. I I have influences that made me want to to write and do comedy, but it's just really my, my style comes from just where I grew up and the people I grew up around. And I grew up around a lot of funny people. Like family or friends? Family and friends. Like, right. you know, a lot of my family um, and the friends of my family were like this white trash prison type folks that just had <laughs> prison jokes for days that right. were like, you know, just. So a lot of uh, jokes you could tell to your pastor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pastor, you know how I know you're gay? Because your dick got hard when I fucked you in the ass. You know, shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good prison joke. That's that's definitely a prison joke. It's it's not politically correct. It's, it's not going to work at any true. mic, but it is true. You know? <laughs> it's definitely true. Law enforcement is a tough job for anybody to have. And I would never want to be a cop. No, the people who do want to be cops probably shouldn't be cops, though. That's what that's, I do know. Yeah, like they're usually. You know, if you really want to be a cop you, from the get-go, there's probably something wrong with you. Do you there's... think it should be like Israel, where like everybody becomes a cop for two years or has to be in the military? Oh, for, no, like, no, that would not. Like, you any... just have to be. No, no. So then like there's cops that don't want to be there that are just doing their job because they have to be there. But that wouldn't cause more empathy or that wouldn't nah, be I think like. It would just, I think it, just, or, uh, it needs an overhaul, like our education system, our law enforcement system are the two major ones that just need a real big overhaul in how they're, like, training uh, people who are doing law enforcement and training educators of our kids. Well, our two biggest staples in public systems are totally, like you said, it's not the people you want as cops. It's the people that are just, they go in for different reasons. (laughs) Not all of them, but some of them just, they, you know, they get in there and it's, they get power hungry or something or, you know, maybe they get corrupted by Have you ever went on a a ride-along? No. I no. went on a ride along when I was in sixth grade. Wow. I think it was my mom trying to like kind of scare me straight. <laughs> this is around the age he'll do drugs. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Because for whatever reason, my mom just decided, and I think it was with another mom because I remember going with like, another it was kid. like two or three of us. 
like my friends. And we all just, yeah, went to the, like, you know, police station, and they showed us around the the jail and showed us what was all about, like, the precinct and whatnot. And then they took us on a little ride-along, and we didn't run into any bullshit or anything. It wasn't cops. But- where we ran into a huge domestic abuse yeah. case or some drug use or anything. It was like we were pulling over speeders and somebody jaywalked. So we, It was also Placentia, where this was a very, you know, white, middle-class neighborhood. Not a whole lot of uh, criminal activity, huh? No, I'm sure that's the thing. The the biggest infraction was somebody speeding. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would, uh, I don't think the Long Beach Police Department would take a lot of kids on ride-alongs down here. Mm. Yeah. But then they, they brought us through the rough neighborhood. <laughs> and they did give us a little, like, you know, pep talk of, like, see that guy over there? You could be him if you do A, B, and C. You know, if you if you keep going down a path full of drugs and promiscuity and hookers and blah, 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 you could be that guy. And it's like, it's okay. the guy sitting at a bus bench or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, minding his own business. <laughs> some, some like just Mexican guy. That's probably like a, a, a millionaire owning like some like agriculture business. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say landscaping or something like, you know, agriculture. <laughs> okay. He's feeding people. He's not just fixing yep. their lawns. And he's just sitting in front of, you know, Talaki Paki or whatever. Okay. And <laughs> that guy is a degenerate. <laughs> Damn. Man, I'm so glad I didn't have to experience that. I, yep. Yep. I had my, uh, you know, my own form of scared straight. Where yeah. It was, yeah. Well, not scared straight, but, you know, just I saw, you know, what happened to, to idiots who were hooked on certain drugs like meth, you know. Oh, I yeah. realized real quick, like, oh, methamphetamine causes you to steal shit to get more meth. Totally. Like, I um, uh, I had a roommate that was definitely a meth head, and yeah, no way. I, I had to. He was also a furry. Wow. He literally would dress up in a tiger costume that he made, and have, you know, fur play with other girls or just a, another girl that would come up, and she had a, a different tiger, but it was. He was like an orange and black tiger, and she was a white and black tiger. Oh, they're trying to crossbreed. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to create, like, mulatto tigers. <laughs> right. They were That's progressive. I like that. Okay. <laughs> they weren't narrow-minded furries. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're smoking meth. They're not right. narrow-minded. <laughs> and that's what they would do is they would stay up for just days and fuck and hang out in their costumes. And <laughs> yeah. It was Jesus. something that I was kind of cool at first with because, you know, I would smoke weed and obviously have... My own not as crazy sex, <laughs> maybe sex without the costumes, <laughs> but you know, at at a certain point, it was like, dude, you're a tweaker. <laughs> I can't hang out with you. Jeez, yeah, yeah, you got to cut ties with people like that. It's unfortunate. Like I have a lot of friends who um who were you know hooked on meth for a long time, and some it's of a them, hell of a drug. Some of them still are. Some of them have like switched their addictions and now are like hooked to heroin which is even worse right like, you know you or see... like meds like oxycontin and all yeah, that shit that you know the prescription stuff is just as bad i've seen people like pass out from just taking too much xanax or like you know just be, you can't abuse your body like that the only um, time you know, i, saw I some... abuse the shit out of my body like <laughs> cheeseburgers and weed those things will catch up to me later mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know heroin and meth those are things that you just have one bad batch and you're done. Yeah, there's no going back. <laughs> That's why I always kind of like stuck to like weed was 
as soon as I figured out, like, oh, you can never OD or you're never going to find the Bad Batch. I mean, I guess you could get synthetic weed or, or those types of things that aren't really weed that they're trying to pass off as weed. Yeah, but, like, there's not too much of that nowadays. Like, uh, you know, you just stick to the real stuff. Right. And you'll be okay. <laughs> Especially now where you can pretty much get a reputable source, you know, clinic or whatever to hand it to you. Yeah. Even more so now where it became, I can only imagine what the next couple of years are going to be like. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting. Hopefully, like, federally, it, it becomes more accepted because, like, even though this Prop 64 passed and all this stuff has happened, I voted no on it personally because right. um, I read it and I realized that it wasn't, you know, it's not really benefiting It's anybody. basically just decriminalizing it. It's not making it really legal because what I've noticed that the bill doesn't do is it doesn't mandate – that an employer can't fire you for being on yeah that's weed. that's still like, up to the company as soon as you policy. pop pop on a drug test or whatever they're gonna can your ass and you're gonna be like well uh this state says it's legal and they're gonna be like so what we're a business yeah. and we can fire you <laughs> yeah um but if you're drunk or if you're on pills or if you're on any of those other substances that are completely legal too they're not gonna care because those aren't the drug test ones <laughs> yeah I just had other problems with Prop 64, like the whole edible things. They're trying to make uh, edibles illegal because of children. Right. And they look know, like candy. Yeah, but it's like adults should be able to make the decision for themselves and be able to, to decide if they want to consume edible marijuana or not. Exactly. Like It's just like it's booze. Just, yeah. I mean, what booze do, doesn't look like, you know, some sort of soda or some sort of, you know, jello shot. You know, that looks like candy. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, for loco that looks like an energy drink. Yeah, it's just retarded. Um, but it passed. It's, it's kind of interesting because it changed up. Uh, I work at a medical marijuana dispensary, so it changed things up a little bit. Um, and it's going to probably change things up a bit. Like I see, like dab bars coming back in the future. Have you seen now that certain clinics don't accept or don't care about your rec anymore? Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I was gonna uh, that has affected my clinic was if you're 21 and over you could just have an id right and and that clinic's all like doing that same practice or? So a lot of clinics are doing that um i don't know what the legalities of it technically i think technically, uh, that part of the law probably doesn't on... go into effect till 2018 right um but they're already just people are just jumping the gun on it and who's gonna stop them yeah it's like i don't know i don't think you know it passed people don't care anymore the law enforcement isn't going after right individuals right if anything, they're going to go after the places that they think are, you know, making money or doing other stuff that they shouldn't be doing. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting business. Uh, I think it would be kind of cool to open a coffee shop, you know, a weed coffee shop, but have it Amsterdam be Amsterdam style, mm-hmm, and have it be a comedy club. You know, the first weed centric comedy club where I believe in Vancouver, there's like a comedy club that just allows pot, right? And they're just it's gonna, I mean, happen. It's just, why not be the one that jumps on it first? Yeah. Just got to have the startup for it. And you got to, you yeah. know, location, Let's location. do a GoFundMe. Let's, Let's do, do a it. Kickstarter start it. where we get a, yeah, just a million dollars to start a new comedy club slash weed bar. But where do you hide it? Where do you, you know, the but location you, is key. Yeah. And then you're going to only attract uh, certain comics. Certain comics, clearly. But it's not like you can't perform if you're not a stoner. True. You know, you, true. You, you it's not like, but I think, uh, you know, 
We'll see. Clearly, it's going to attract stoners. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be catered to a certain audience. But just like the comedy store where it has a full bar, why not have weed instead? I mean, yeah, I don't know. You could I don't probably think weed smoke should weed. be everywhere. Right. I don't want, like, part of the fun of it was it being illegal. Oh, really? That That's your thing is like, Not oh, it being illegal, but it's just, you know, if you put it everywhere, it just, like, tattoos. Tattoos mm-hmm. are everywhere. They don't mean anything right. nowadays. They're not as cool. They're they're lame. I'm sick of seeing people's <laughs> fucking terrible portraits of their fucking their dead dog on their shoulder. Right. I don't mind know. pictures. I just hate seeing like paragraphs of people. Oh, Bible like, on quotes. Their sides. Like they have a whole page of text on their like yeah, ribs. like a scroll. Yeah, I've like, seen some uh, terrible fucking... tattoos. And it's just I, you know, I have tattoos. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with <laughs> right. tattoos and liking them or. But it's just they don't mean anything anymore. Back in the day, if you had a tattoo, you either went to prison or you were in the Military, armed forces. Yeah. That was it. You know, in in Japanese culture, the yakuza. The yakuza are the right. only people who have tattoos. Or the Samoans had uh, like that lineage. Like, yeah, I yeah they had the stone tapping like, where they like a stone and a like needle. The rock. They tap the ink into your skin with a rock and a fucking needle. Yeah. Um, it meant something. It was a cultural thing. Now it's just like I like unicorns. I'm gonna get a unicorn on my pussy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's aesthetic. That's all it is. And you're almost cool. that's trying cool. to that's fit what you want to be to a mold of I want to be this type of person. Yeah, it's just because it's almost like oh I like rockabilly and I like Converse and jeans. I better get a tattoo. Yeah, my thing is just like I don't like anything that's one dimensional. Hmm. You know, I don't want pot to be everywhere. I don't want it to be a part of everybody's life and in everybody's face. I want people to have to go and look for that shit. Like I did. I had to go join the Boy Scouts to go find weed. <laughs> Tell me about that. I started smoking weed when I was 10 years old. In the Boy Scouts. In the Boy Scouts. I have a bit about this, and it's actually true. It's 100% true. Uh, previous to this, I had attempted to smoke weed with friends who said they had a joint, and in reality, they just had um, they had tobacco rolled up. And so I obviously knew it wasn't weed. Uh, so that was a failed attempt. And then I joined the Boy Scouts, not looking for weed, but it looked, it found me. You want to get high? So I joined the Boy Scouts, and there was these two brothers, the Moonies. They were the like Nick- twins? No, they weren't twins. They were like a couple years apart. I was 10 years old because you had to um, – it was the summer of fifth grade. I might have been 11, and uh, the Scoutmaster was my f- best friend's next-door neighbor. And so I would go to the meetings, and then they invited me to go camping. Yeah. I went camping. Uh, it was really fun, and then the older kids got together and said, we're going on a nature walk. This is at night? No, during the day. Okay. During the day. We just got there. We get there in the morning. We set everything up. You know, it takes a couple hours to set everything up. Right. And we, uh, you know, we ate, and then we were hanging out, and then they and got everyone together, and they said, let's go on a nature walk. Like three or four of you guys? No, no. There's like uh, seven, eight, maybe 12 of us. Wow. There's quite a few of us. And I was the youngest, and... In the Boy Scouts, it goes from, like, ages, like, 10 to 17. Right. Yeah, my I wasn't in it, but my brother and my stepdad were. Yeah. So they were all, they were, like, Eagle Scouts or something. Yeah, I never made it that far, uh, probably due to the weed. You want to get high? But, uh, so they said, we're going on a nature walk. We went up this trail. We got away from the parents and the adults, and we get behind these bushes and these trees, you know, in the shade. Right. We're up on this hill, and, uh... We sit down and we're all just sitting like in a line, and we're just all looking out. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. Yeah, like, I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, they just start breaking out a bunch of joints and blunts, mm-hmm. and they just start passing them around. <laughs> nice. And uh, 
there was one of the older kids uh, saw that it was going to be past me. He was like, oh, don't pass to him. He's too young. And one of the Moonies was like, nah, he's probably smoked before. And I was like, yeah. And I got high, went back down the trail, ate a cup of noodles and steaks, had a great time. <laughs> it was amazing. It was life-changing for sure. It was like, it was probably the shittiest weed. Right. Um, but you felt it. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so high right now. I have no idea what's going on. But, oh, definitely. Like, your first experience with weed is just... By that far. cup of noodles was the best yeah. noodles ever. Yeah. You know, we were eating like camping food, and mm-hmm. it was cool. It was a great time. No, I can remember my first time. It was a very similar time, minus the camp out. But yeah, it was just you know a few friends, and after once it hits you, you're like, this is so fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen people freak especially because you're in nature, or yeah, yeah. I've seen people like enjoy it and have the best time of their life and just be filled with euphoria. And then I've seen people just panic and have uh, this overwhelming anxiety and right. think they're going to die. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. <laughs> and they both are equally uh, enjoyable to me. Terrence McKenna always talked about that. You know, your uh, shit ton. Like, you need to go to that level. Like, you need to... Go almost to the OD level. I've been to that level <laughs> where, like, there was one time where uh, I was still pretty young, and this is when Kush had first came out. Right. And my friend, he was, you know, his brother was getting the bomb of stuff for us. Right. And we would go and just take bong rips and get ripped. And one day I just took too many and I passed out. And I just, like, I was saying just ridiculous shit. People, like, <laughs> what is God? You right. Know, I, I thought I was going to die, or, you know, you just, you, yeah, you push yourself to a, a breaking point and. Literally, after that day, I didn't feel the same. I felt like, uh, I'm not a different person, but my perspective on things had changed. Right. Well, let's do a new segment. This is, uh, I've never done this before, but this is a segment called Tyson versus Tyson. When you have an established scientific emergent truth, it is true whether or not you believe in it. I wish one of you guys had children so I could kick them in their fucking head or stomp on their testicles so you could feel my pain because that's the pain I have. I have realized that Neil deGrasse Tyson and Mike Tyson have very similar minds. They do a lot of similar quotes, like at least on Twitter. And these are all quotes from Twitter, and we're going to guess... Which quote comes from either Mike Tyson? There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Here in America, we have a lot of bombs and stuff like that. And we're really good at blowing stuff up. All right, here's the first one. I'm a dreamer. I have to dream and reach for the stars. And if I miss a star... Then I grab a handful of clouds. That's got to be Mike Tyson. Really? It's actually Neil deGrasse Tyson. You wow. don't know he said that? Yeah. He, he talks a lot about frilly stuff. Really? Not just like, you know, science stuff. Oh, okay. I, I should follow him on Twitter because that's what he's going on about. Well, no. If he's talking about stuff like that on Twitter, I'm good. <laughs> yep. Okay, here's the next one. Another thing that freaks me out is time. Time is like a book. You have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's just like a cycle. Uh, Mike Tyson. Nope, that's Neil deGrasse Tyson again. You don't know anything about Neil. I really don't. (laughs) I know he wrestled in high school. Okay, here's another one. As long as we preserve and endure, we can get anything we want. 
Sounds like Mike Tyson. That is Neil deGrasse Tyson again. I'm just going to keep saying Mike Tyson until you read the <laughs> Mike Tyson one. You want to know a secret? They're all Neil deGrasse Tyson. They've all been Mike Tyson so far. You've been right. I've been fooling you. You actually have been saying Mike Tyson and have been correct so far. Really? Yes. All right. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> Fuck, I was starting to think like, wow. <laughs> I wanted to do the opposite so far, but you've got them all right so far. I thought you would have actually gotten a little bit wrong so far. <laughs> I told you I'd be good at it. Yeah, this. you've been so far right on all three of them. Okay, fourth one. Curious that we spend more time congratulating people who have succeeded than encouraging people who have not. That's Neil deGrasse for sure, because I don't think Mike Tyson can spell the word succeeded. <laughs> he would also be like, succeed, succeeded. <laughs> yeah, that was the H in there. <laughs> I should have been reading him as Mike Tyson this whole time. <laughs> I'm a dreamer. That'd I'm a dream. That'd be difficult. <laughs> okay, okay, here's the next one. We are part of this universe. We are in this universe, but perhaps more important than both of those facts is that the universe is in us. Probably Neil deGrasse. Of course it was Neil deGrasse. See, this is actually turning out to be a pretty easy uh, <laughs> this or that. Yeah, it's just their Twitter um, vernaculars are very different. I should have said, uh, you know everything until you've been hit. Or wh- what's that famous uh, Mike Tyson quote? I'll eat your children. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck you till you love me. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think he said, uh, you know, you, you know everything until, or you have a great plan until you've been hit. Uh, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And that's absolutely true. That is the smartest thing that Mike Tyson has ever said. Right. Uh, <laughs> have you been in a fight? Oh, yeah, several. And you got punched in the face? Oh, uh, I try not to. Most, um, Like, how, how bad did it get? Well, it's, I've been in a couple different fights, you know, uh over a lady's honor no no it's usually over something less than that i i had a brother that i fought with a lot but other than that i would just get into random street fights and parties and just people being disrespectful and you know me having too much testosterone uh i actually quite recently a guy was like road raging on me for no reason watch where you're going stupid and uh he and me both ended up getting out of the car and he took a swing and i blocked it and i hit him in the face Wow. Yeah. And and did he just drop? He went down to like a knee, then he came out, like he came up again and he like kind of went after my brother who was getting out of the car. And uh so I threw another punch at him. And then yeah, then like I kind of just grabbed him around the neck and I told him get back in his car and I threw him across the pavement and he he like got up and was like talking shit still. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. He, he, the guy might have been drunk or angry or something about something else because there was no reason for him to like to even rage on me like he did. He just like passed my car, slowed down, and started talking hey, shit. Hey, you think you're on the hook, road? And then like <laughs> the light was red ahead of him, and I happened to get behind him, and he just refused to go. <laughs> yeah, he the light turned green. Everybody else was going, and he just refused to go. And was like looking in his mirror, like looking at me talking. And I was like, well, I can't hear what you're saying, so let's get out. <laughs> Maybe I can hear you. And when I got out, he just took an aggressive posture and was telling me, "What are you gonna do, little boy?" And so I threw a punch. After he threw his, like I blocked his with my left because he threw it like over the top. Like I, I could see it coming from a mile away. Right. Yeah, I gave him one of my own, and yeah, I hit kind of hard. I don't. I wouldn't want to get hit by somebody who, who like me. Like mm. I'm, I wrestled in high school and college for a long time, and like I'm no slouch. And like wrestling is a really tough sport, and you just get tough. Are you? Are you quit? And so like, like I don't back down from any challenges. 
and uh you know thankfully that situation ended quickly and nothing happened because the cops could have came or that guy could have had a gun you know right. anything could have happened i just got lucky and fortunate you know i i assessed the situation and i uh took a chance and you dropped a foo yeah yeah i didn't like knock him out unconscious like i wanted to initially because right. i was pretty mad no world star. um yeah no world star action but you know um in retrospect i'm really glad that i didn't because then he wouldn't have been able to get back in his car and then you know somebody would have right you know something else could happen i probably would have went to jail uh, I don't suggest, like, street fighting or anything, especially in road rage incidences. That's the first time it's ever happened. Um, but Some like, people are going to be like, fucking white privilege. <laughs> it was really funny because there was people driving by, like, like a couple of people like, what are you doing? Stop. Stop. <laughs> like, not, not like, y'all need to quit, like, yelling at both of us. And it was kind of already over. And I'm like, I just ended it. It's over. Like, right. He's on the ground. Like, I don't know. Um, now nah, I was like getting him back in his car. I yelled at him and forced him to get back in this car. <laughs> awesome. I was like, drive away. But, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, it, I prefer, uh, different kind of forms of competition. I don't need to. Right. Yeah. All right. Last question. Is this Tyson or Tyson? I'm a grown up. I need to sit down. I broke my back. Back is broken. What? Spinal. You've been five for five so far. Yes. Did I get a prize? Yeah. <laughs> Space aliens may be surprised to learn that humans have multiple languages and cultures, and we kill each other because of it. Neil deGrasse. Of course it was Neil deGrasse. I, I should have really have done it all in my Tyson voice. I should have went like, Space aliens may be surprised to learn that humans have multiple languages and cultures. And we kill each other because of it. You can't touch me. You're not man enough. I eat your asshole alive, you bitch. I don't care what you believe. You believe whatever you want. The problem comes about is if you are in denial of an emergent scientific truth and you wield power over legislation. That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I would work on the Mike Tyson voice <laughs> first. Do you do any impressions? Uh, Yeah, I can do a couple. I, I do accents pretty well. Let's hear them. Uh, well, I could do a British accent very easily. Uh, just depends on what kind of British accent. Because there's, you know, the Queen's English like this. And then there's Cogning accents where it's a little rougher. Where they sound like they're from Liverpool. Or, you know, they have a grimy sort of sound. Right. Almost, you know, like they fucking seen some shit and they stabbed <laughs> the motherfucker too. And then you can go to Australian from there. Out in the outback. You know, dangos. Yeah. Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> no, my God. I own a liquor store and I love it. I don't know. Um, just stereotypes. Uh, yeah, do you do any voices to... on stage? Do you do? Nope. Any... Why not? Uh, I don't know. Just unless it calls for it, like I'll impersonate like people or friends, or you know, if yeah. it's a story. Do you have any liquor store bits? <laughs> no, I used to go to this liquor store though all the time. That would like cash my checks, and then they loved me there. I still go there from time to time. They know me by first name, Mister Nathan. They call me Mister Nathan. That's yeah, Mister Nathan. Prestige, right there, <laughs> Mister Nathan. Would you like the three, four, five? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I do feel like, especially psychedelics or any type of uh, isotropic, like you definitely, I think, in my own, my own like experience, that's the closest time that I've gotten to seeing God, or seeing some sort of like 
other world that's like beyond me and maybe yeah it was just me being fucked up yeah but i'd like to think that it was something that uh you know i tapped into something that's like you know you can't see without these things what is psychedelics have you of i've done acid and uh shrooms nice so and the shrooms i had better experiences with i think the acid i just didn't do enough or it just was not that good or because i i felt a little bit but it wasn't like the crazy like i was in a different world and I saw my dad melt out of a coffin or some shit. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just like almost like I had control of my senses, where like I could suddenly like zoom in and focus on something like that was further than I could normally focus in. Yeah. Or I could just turn down the volume of like the noise around me or whatever, or just things like that where I could. I felt like I was like, okay, this is not normal, but it wasn't like what everybody else was talking about. Yeah, I, I do definitely believe that the psychedelic um, psychedelic trips on acid are exaggerated, or they're just not they're really not talked about enough when you first go into them. Like, not a lot of people give you a breakdown of what it actually is well, and how you're going to feel. Um, like, my experience with acid, I only took it once, um, but uh, I believe it was really good acid. Right. Because the effects, I was high for what felt like, you know, what was hours for literally uh i went to bed high but i was up for over 12 hours i will say your sense of time definitely got lost yeah <laughs> but uh i i was okay with everything uh i felt like my vision was crisp very you know like you were saying you could definitely see things a lot better and then as the high went on then i started hallucinating it wasn't late until uh the night where like i was like whoa this wind's just gonna wear off like it still feels pretty strong and I was laying in my bed, and I was like, I got shit to do tomorrow. I need to go to sleep, <laughs> uh, whether I'm high or not. And I was laying in my bed, and I had some posters at the time on my wall. Right. And the posters literally came to life. Yeah. Like, it's a black and what and posters were there? And it had like a, a, you know, it was like a shitty sketch drawing of uh, like like men on horses and stuff. And Sounds kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, mid- it was medieval, but it had other weird right. stuff. It was a psychedelic kind of poster. This band, Fleet Foxes, it was their yes. artwork. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It is kind of gay. Very gay. I was gay. just making fun. Nah. <laughs> Trying to defend my my poster. Fleet Foxes, man. I know. I shouldn't have said that to defend my poster sexuality. But um, You should have went like, yeah, it was super gay, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so the poster, like, it felt like the it, I, what I saw was the characters on the poster were walking onto the wall out of the poster awesome. onto the wall and then like kind of 3D-ish where it was like coming towards me yes. and then I'd blink my eyes I'd like oh, what the fuck I'd close my eyes for a second and then it would start over again nice you know it was very trippy um, I would have those moments was, on shrooms for yeah, sure yeah shrooms you don't the visuals I get on shrooms are very light I've never like ate I've eaten quite a bit of shrooms I've eaten like uh, over an eighth mm-hmm. at one time at one time wow and it was probably like too much I didn't get yeah. crazy visuals, but the anxiety and the roller coaster of the, you know, the mental aspect of it was just too much for me. It wasn't like too bad, but it was it wasn't enjoyable at certain points. But then it would feel like it went away yeah. and it'd come back completely yeah. worse. I've had those moments. I've definitely had a few moments where I was having a great time, but then one person in your group starts having a bad time. They brings bring the whole it, vibe down. They bring it all down, I, crashing. Yeah, that one time I did uh, over an eighth, I did it with a large group of people. Yeah. Like a large group of people. Right. Like about 12 to 15 people. And yes. we were all in a, our friend's garage. Yes. And his backyard. And we were, um, 
you know, and some people were handling it cool, some people were having a great time, and then when other people would have a bad time, I'd be like, I gotta get out of here, and I'd go outside and smoke weed with the people who were having a good time, then eventually I left and I went home, and I like, I was just so high that I like, sat in my car for hours, and just... You were just in your own world? Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. I had to have somebody, I had to have my brother and his friends pick me up, and then, um, yeah, and then when I got back home, I just sat in the car. Yeah. <laughs> for hours. I had a time where we were all hanging out, similar situation, you know, just at a guy's house. And my girlfriend at the time went to the bathroom and just got trapped in the bathroom. She started looking at herself in the mirror and she just went down a rabbit hole. And, and we were just trying to get her to get out of the bathroom and she locked herself in. And then eventually some guy broke through the door. And at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's dead. I should probably call up her parents and tell her. That her uh, that their daughter's dead, and I was running through like scenarios in my head of like how do I tell them in the nicest way that their daughter has passed away because she's done too many shrooms. <laughs> that was the only time. Like I've only had really one bad time where I was like that. At that moment, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be on shrooms right now. <laughs> but yeah. every other time, it's always been like, yeah, Adorable. we're we're like yeah camping or we're like doing something cool, and it was it's just the right amount. And it's just a little... You get the body more than the visuals. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of visuals, but it's more like everything is yeah. funny. Everything is just, let's be with one another and just hang out and yeah, talk. And yeah, <laughs> you definitely want to have good company around. That yeah. That makes a good trip. Um, if you want visuals, though, highly suggest DMT. Right. That's the, You've done DMT. Yes, I, I've done it twice. That was like the epic uh, yeah. visuals. Like, that's what you anticipate when you do stuff like acid and shrooms right. for the first time when you're young and naive um dmt is like amplified i've it's, heard joe rogan talk about it extensively it's yeah my big thing on it is like when i did it the first time i did it was the most purest thing i've experienced and how do you get it like how do you just like roll up and go hey man do you got dmt who's got dmt <laughs> It took. It, it kind of found me. Um, oh, as whoa. weird as that sounds, as no, that fucking sounds hippie as that yeah. sounds. But everybody would want to think that that's the way DMT works. But here's the story. So my friend Gum, he's a uh, he's an interesting guy. He's a smart person who's really dumb. Like he he just says the weirdest shit sometimes. But he turned me on to DMT. Yeah. And he uh, and you smoke it. Explained it to me. And he was living in Vegas at the time, and he was going to get it through somebody out there. And that fell through. And he came into town or whatever, and um, somebody just said, like, uh, my brother happened to meet somebody or knew of somebody that had it and was like, hey, I can get it for you. Or, like, mm -hmm. this guy can get it for you. I can put you in contact with the right person. Right. And I contacted that person, and he and said, yeah. Yeah. Free. yeah, you can get it tonight. And so I hit up my friend Gum. I said, hey, we could do this tonight. Like, I'm picking it up right now. We could do this tonight. And he's like, all right, I'm down. So he showed up to my place. Um, he was like super nervous for some reason, like kind of making me feel uneasy about it. Well, it is one of those things where you know how reputable is this exactly? And um, but the guy I got it from, like when I picked it up from him, I felt comfortable because I was like, oh, okay, this guy, like he's not just a person who's selling this stuff; he's using it. So, and he looks like he's doing okay, and he's right. like, you know, you can tell he's a little kooky, but he's smiling and he's not. And how? was it like it was beautiful um it was very intense 
the rapidness of these colors flying at you is just too much to uh, for your mind to like What's process that all at once. What's his name that does the paintings? Alex. Alex Gray. Yeah. Yeah, his paintings are a real good interpretation of what you, kind of you'll see. Um, but the the most powerful thing was the after effect. To me, it changes you. The after effect. I felt like if you wanted to make up your mind about anything at that moment, you could. Like. I'm going to quit this, or I'm going to start this, or I'm going to do that, or I'm going to... Like, whatever gonna, crossroad you're at. Whatever you're it, at. It'll make you choose a path. I don't want to say necessarily, but for me, I felt like I didn't have anything that I, like, gave up or did at that moment, but I felt, like, for some reason, like, if I wanted to, like, make a major decision in my life, now would be a good time to do it, because I'm going to stick to it. Because that's where my mind is at. It's like the carpe diem, like, seize the day. Yeah. But to, like, a crazy measure where you it's really it's impressive like how it kind of will like boost your ego um but yeah it was intense and i've done it twice the second time i did it wasn't as powerful like i smoked uh probably less than what i did before right um i like messed up like i was divvying it up amongst people and i I messed up my portion on accident you know i forgot i had somebody else i had to give some to and i was like ah damn it so i kind of ended up screwing myself out of a good time right but um, two weaker doses instead of one really good dose (laughs) yeah exactly um because it's such a small amount that you need it's like very and i heard you get it through a plant but you can also get it through dead bodies um i don't know about the whole dead body thing there's a couple ways to like people make it in their brain or you know you you have DMT made in, well, it's your, in your yeah it's in your glands like in your mm. pineal gland so like so they harvest supposedly it. will cause you adrenaline no right. I don't know about that I don't know anybody who's harvesting it I know that it's in a lot of things and it can be extracted from a lot of things mm-hmm. so for somebody to go into a dead body yeah like that would take a lot of effort I heard it on Rogan they were talking about people harvesting the DMT from dead organs or dead I'm not saying it's not possible like I'm at, just at, saying. At, like it, it's at a point where like as soon as they die there's like a time frame where you can you know like oh the DMT is good let's get it and you know like stem cells or anything like okay. organs or whatever you know there's a, a frame where like okay he's dead but the organs or whatever is in him still probably are good like the most powerful form of DMT probably and like you said it's the dream creator it's the thing that makes us yeah. dream it's really because when you smoke it you're really inducing yourself in a dreamlike state while being conscious That's and there's what no you're doing. time you know, it's like a 12-second thing, but it feels uh, like... Yeah, it, like, I was aware of how long I was kind of high for, but if you would have told me it was longer or shorter, I wouldn't have been surprised, because it's not like, you know, you really don't have a full grasp on it. It is like, yeah, things do get slowed down, and and uh, seconds could feel That's why I longer. feel like psychedelics, like, that, that concept makes you feel like you're close with the universe because it lets you change what time feels like you know because when it, it comes to the universe it's what 14 billion years old yeah give or take we're here for a second not yet yeah. <laughs> it does put you yeah it does open your eyes and put like a good perspective in your, in your brain about how things work and makes you feel shows you your place but not to but then it also like uh, amplifies whatever you got going on because we're these we're selfish mental creatures and that's how we survive you know we so this is more of a therapy drug than a let's look at cool shit drug oh it's kind of both you know it's like for me i tell people only do it if you feel like you 
have a need to do it or or want to do it. Don't do it if you're just doing it because you're really curious and you want to see what happens and your friends are doing it, so you're going to do it with them. Right. Then you might have a bad experience or maybe not. I really don't. The one time my friend Gum, he did have a bad experience right after me, and it was weird because I was listening to music while I tripped. I wanted to have a band, My Morning Jacket, that I'm a fan of. Yeah, I love them. Oh, nice. Um, I put on um, like one of their... Well, there live clips on YouTube, and that's what I was tripping to, and um, it was just really beautiful. And I was seeing like, you know, their auras and energy while I was like looking at the TV screen, and and uh, I'm focusing on the TV screen, and everything else in my peripheral is just this like beautiful colors flying past me with weird geometry in them, and um, just. But I'm, you know, more focusing on what I'm seeing kind of behind the screen and stuff. I'm seeing, like, these, like, the stuff that's not there that only I can see. That, to me, the best way I can explain it is, like, energy of some kind. Right. Um, and it was just... And then a shadowy figure appeared in my mind's eye, kind of. Like, I could see it, but it's like... I'm still seeing what I'm seeing. And people are trying to talk to me. Like, my roommate was trying to talk to me. And I told him, hold on. I'll be back with you in a second. And I went back to him just watching the screen. Hmm. Oh, you're really tripping, huh, Nate? And like, I had my, I had, you know, my friends recording it on camera, right? And I was just tripping out, watching the screen. Then in my mind's eye, I see this uh, silhouette type figure. Uh, you know, you can barely make it out because you're focusing on two things at once. It's visual, but it's not. It's more mentally visual, but it's it's there off in the distance, and it's like just this pure creature entity. And it just feels like love. It's like trying to convey a message of love to you. It's very pure. And you're like, that's the part that gives you the drive afterwards when you wake out from when it just, whoa, I'm coming back. Because when you you hit it, your brain shoots up. You feel like you're shooting up. Mm -hmm. When you come back, you feel like you're you're like you're parachuting down. You're just floating down. Wow. When you come back, that that love that was just fucking blasted into your mind's eye is still in you so you're like you're pumped you could you could do anything it's like if you just got your dick sucked by a girl you thought would never ever fucking touch you in a million years oh so every girl i've been with yeah (laughs) see me and you know the feeling so so you will be you know you'll understand this right uh so you feel like fuck yeah i could do anything like you know it's just you feel accomplished Mm. For no reason. But really, you've seen some shit, and you made it back. That's, and it's yeah. not, everybody makes it back. Even my friend who had a bad trip after me, right after me, he said, ah, oh, all right, cool. It's my turn. I'm ready. Put on the doors. Eh. He wanted to watch the doors. I don't know right. if that affected well, maybe Well, is pretty sweet. He, <laughs> he was watching a, a, just a clip of Jim Morrison, like, at the Hollywood Bowl back in the day. And, like, you know, he was listen to the song break on through to the other side and right. he fucking broke on through to the other side but the wrong <laughs> side <laughs> he fell through to the other side awesome and um i felt bad for him because i'm like how did we have such different experiences and it you're the weird. one who like kind of introduced this to me and showed right. it to me and kind of like you know but then i've done it with other people and they had like a fucking blast it does seem like in every other experience I've never heard negative experiences about DMT right. besides the one I saw the first time I smoked it right after I did it when I saw my friend Gum trip out. I think it's like comedy in the sense where it's like anything. You know, it's anything for the first time. After that, you're always chasing that first experience. Yeah. You know, the first time you do really well on stage, 
Now you're chasing that every time. You're doing the same set, hoping it's going to be the same, and then it turns out not to be the same, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, this set did so well last time. And same with, with drugs or all that shit. Like, But with DMT, it has a self-limiting effect, thankfully. It's one of those things where you do it, and you're like, I'm good for a while. Right. I'm cool. Right. I know I can go, go way further, but I don't, but I don't need, need to it. right yeah. now. There might come a time where I need to. Like, you know, I did it since then. You know, I, I, spit, I did it like six months after that. Yeah. And it was very minimal, and I haven't done it since. Lately, I've kind of been, you know, it's been on my radar. Like, I think I might be uh, due for another DMT session. I feel you. But uh, I would want to go further. And then the first time I did it, I took notes. And one of the notes that I took was do it outside. Hmm. So next time I do it, I got to do it outside. Yeah, that sounds right. Especially any of those psychedelics. Most drugs. It yeah. feels better outside. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you don't have to, but it just, like, I did it inside, and that was a great experience. It was cool. Um, I got a lot out of it, but I feel like there was just, you know, so much more I could have touched on, mm. and maybe being outside in a natural environment and not surrounded by fucking technology would help amplify it. Because it is, you really feel pure when, it, you know, even though it takes a little chemistry to fucking extract this shit, it's... It's from the gods. <laughs> yeah, especially DMT, shrooms, those types of things. You're like, it comes from nature. You know, yeah, acid too, I guess, if you want to call whatever we synthesize it with. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still like, hey, In this reality, is grown, or this nature. is like coming from us or coming from a plant or whatever. Like, why not harness what it has to offer? Yeah. I just we live in a day and age where you know there's drugs are a little bit more researched. Hmm. You can go on the internet and find out things. You can see experiences of people. There's no rehabs for people on DMT, right? There's no, there's you know, there's no rehabs for people on shrooms. Hmm. I'm, you know, I'm sure there has been people who had like shroom addictions who've gone to rehab, maybe. But you know, you see heroin addicts and methamphetamine addicts that have their own specific rehabs just for those particular drugs. You know, things are, things are tested now. It's like, (laughs) we know what works and what doesn't. I don't think, uh, same thing I feel about weed because weed is definitely a form of psychedelic, like a smaller form. Sure. It's like an introductory. It's a gateway drug, bro. Yeah, totally a gateway. (laughs) Oh, but, uh, like, I don't feel like it should be like mandatory for people to do it. But if you have a, a yearning or some, inclination to to look into these things do it find out yeah, for yourself if you have a a desire for discovery yeah something that's like beyond yourself yeah and don't be influenced by like your friends whether they tell you to do it or not to do it you know it, it's a really it's a personal the, the issue. Set setting is key i think you know? i think psychedelics and sex are very like personal issues <laughs> where they're like you know there are things where you where yes means yes and no means no type of shit we're right. like <laughs> Right. Where if you want to do it, then do it. If you're feeling uncomfortable about doing it, yeah. then you shouldn't be doing it. Exactly. Break up with that guy. He's an asshole if he makes that, you do anal sex. And that's going to drive your, your trip. Yeah. If it, you're apprehensive, that's going to throw a big monkey wrench into your, your journey. Yeah. It's just it's not healthy. It's not healthy to do anything that you're peer pressured into. True. I was peer pressured. Not peer pressured, but I did a lot of dumb things in like growing up. Oh, I, I agree. You know, mostly for other people's entertainment. Yep. Now I do things for my entertainment. (laughs) It feels a lot better. I agree.
All right. Let's close it on out. Do you uh, want to plug anything? Do you want to social um, media? Yeah. Any dates? Uh, I'm on Instagram at NastyNateFD. I usually all my little shows, every, every, every all three of them, I put them <laughs> up there. Um, wow, man. Three? That's uh, a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be doing, um, uh, I believe it's June 9th, uh, I'll be doing OC Steelhouse with uh, Dakota Freeman, Ryan nice. Schooley, and all those guys. Nice. Um, should be really fun. Um, but yeah. I'm on Instagram, NastyMateFD. Uh, keep a lookout for Hedrick Podcast. I'm going to bring that back real soon. I'd like to invite you to uh, sure to partake in that as well. Sure. I'll always be a guest. I love being guests on other podcasts. It's always nice to be on the other side of the microphone. Yeah. But also, guys, if you want to follow me or the show, definitely hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at the This Comics Life or the D Stories. Or you can definitely hit me up also on the live one-year anniversary special, May 12th, at the OC Steelhouse. Yeah. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, a lot of different uh, open mic comics. Just, It's going to be good times. Definitely check it out. May 12th, OC Steelhouse. It's going to be fun. Come on out. All right. All right, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Nate, for coming in. You've been a real delight. We've been talking about a lot of different things. I don't know how much of it was comedy-based. <laughs> But, hey, that's what this show is all about. It's uh, a different medium every single time. But until then, guys, definitely tune in next week. Next week is going to be the big one-year anniversary special. So tune into that. If you can't make it live, it's going to be on here, recorded. But also uh, just tune in for a lot whole more. I don't know what, but, yeah, definitely do it. Sweet. Peace out, guys. Peace out.